It's your favorite time of the morning. The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo. Favorite time of the morning on AM Live. Thank you so much for staying with us here on AM Live. It's 20 minutes after 8. It's the Forum at 8. But we have decided to open the line. So we're gonna, we, we will talk about whatever's on your mind. We can talk about uh, the United States and the Donald Trump inauguration. We can talk about Adama Barrow's uh, inauguration in Senegal at uh, the Gambian embassy there because Yahya Jame is still at the State House refusing uh, to relinquish power. We can talk about Eskom because some of you talking about that as well, whatever is on your mind, I see quite a few SMSs and tweets coming in on that. So please, whatever is on your mind, we are here to listen. Let's get it going. Uh, 891 is the call-in number. Tweet or Facebook us at AM Live on SFM. Let's just uh, read a few quick messages as they stream in. Uh, Buzwebake says, allegations uh, that Patlane is living beyond his means. Uh, can, can he just provide evidence of how he finances his lifestyle? Simple. Unati says, uh, so he calls uh, Paulo Sullivan a hooligan and doesn't want to respond when asked uh, why he calls him that. Uh, a revolutionary says, Patlane did not answer the simple question. Did he or did he not take the bribes? Uh, he could have said no. Tebza Ian Mashiko says, Patlane must stop being a crybaby. He's a public servant and the media will always be hovering around. Sony says, what about Patlane test driving a 1.5 million BMW? And uh, then this one from Zaki. Zaki says, SK, these big SAPS guys fighting amongst themselves, Robert McBride uh, giving back revenge, ANC members, shame on them. And Uncaptured Soul says, did Patlane just call O'Sullivan a hooligan? Uh, yes, he did. Uh, Jekwe says, uh, breaking news, our Banana Republic kleptocratic, uh, kleptocratic state. Mbulelo says, uh, the Omo man Sullivan is an Irish guy. I support the notion of Patlane of speaking to the real cops and not the stooges. And many, many, many more coming through on that. Um, uh, this one from uh, my Comis uh, Pocone says, good question of how does a career policeman afford an 8 million rand property? But of course, he said his response was, O'Sullivan must prove, um, you know, where he got his information from. So as of uh, an earlier tweet was saying, uh, he could have just said no. He could have just answered the question more definitively, but chose not to. He will answer it uh, through the avenues that he feels fit. So what do you have to say? What would you like to talk about? 891 Nene in Durban, good morning. Yes, good morning, Sakin, and thank you very much for taking my call. You are most welcome. Yes, I just want to comment about two things. Firstly, I have been watching the television and also reading the news about how the, 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 the South African delegation in Davos, led by the Deputy President, Cyril Ramaphosa, has, has, has managed to present a, a very beautiful or a, a case, a good story, about us, South Africa, and, and the economy. And it seems as if, you know, the, the, the delegation has done a very, very sterling job. And I hope the rating agencies are there to witness how South Africa is trying to stay on course. That's the first one, Sakina. Then mm-hmm. the second one, the second one is about what is happening in Gambia. And then it's very unfortunate, really, that the, the will of the people of that, of that country seems now to be trampled all, all over by a, a military junta. Uh, the, the, obviously, there is now a, an ordinary citizen or a former president. And I think what ECOWAS is doing 
by getting military intervention in that country. It is actually trying to say the constitution is supreme and the people and the will of the people must all at all times be respected. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. Mboneni in Durban, Solomon in Umsambuya Lingana, what's your view? Good morning, Satina, and to your listeners. Welcome. I just want to comment around the work done by the committee inquiring on SABC. Whilst it is appreciated that uh, no stone should be left, left unturned, but I think that the committee members are obsessed uh, with Shaudi Mutuaneng, and they have acted irrationally when they persistent to refuse Shaudi an opportunity to come over and present his side of the story before it. And in that way, um, proving that there is a witch hunt. But generally, there is an onslaught which is waged against all state institutions and SOEs. Why is Saudi's metric problematic when Vestas and a CEO from Mango Airlines confess that he doesn't possess any senior degree? And that does not make a story. It doesn't make a story that absoluted or rather benefited from a, a loan from Reserve Bank. You see, today is Pashane. So there is an onslaught generally. I think we should all be aware, try to be firm, do what we're supposed to do, understanding that the onslaught will continue because they are aiming at collapsing the state. This is a state. Who's they? It's uh, a uh, uh, regime change. Thank you. Who's they? Who, who, who is plotting this regime change? There are forces, I, I would say. Who are Imperialist they? forces. Those are the white monopoly capital. Those are the people who want to maintain and keep for themselves exclusive white privileges that yeah, they enjoy during apartheid. You're not telling us who and it is, Solomon. fighting against transformational agenda. You're not telling us who it is. Uh, I mean, th- th- that's just a blanket statement. But also, coming back to the SABC, uh, um, the Ad Hoc Committee Inquiry, what is the terms of reference of that ad hoc committee? Uh, well, I think it is to try to unearth whatever that might have gone wrong and come up with recommendations in terms of establishing the next uh, board uh, uh, with an intention of ensuring that mistakes that have happened do not happen again. But well, I don't think it's a punitive exercise. Well, so... In answering that, and and the answer that you've just given me, what then is wrong in them deciding not to call Saudi Mutsuaneng to appear before them? The whole inquiry is about Saudi. No, it wasn't. Where is natural justice? It wasn't about Saudi. Everybody who goes there, I think Saudi has been mentioned a million times. And well, he's not given an opportunity to come to present his story. That he was mentioned a million times, as you say, speaks to something uh, different. But that was not why the committee was set up. The committee, the terms of reference there is uh, to um, uh, basically uh, look into the fitness of the SABC board to hold office. The board which Correct. has subsequently disintegrated. That was what they were actually uh, set up for. So that all but, of this but, evidence I, has come up. Um, yeah, th- th- that has happened. It's all incidental. But that they did not set out to go and investigate Saudi. 
But that's what the board has been doing. I think if it was your name involved, I think you would want to come over and present your side of the story. Because Saudi is painted as an evil force, as a person who set out to cause harm to the institution. When in fact, he's just an ordinary person who proved that he can do things without a metric. Okay, let me tell you, from my understanding, firstly, the SABC chose to do a written um, submission to that inquiry. And secondly, as I understand it, um, Mr. Mutsweneng will also be given an opportunity to make that written submission. And I don't think he was too keen on appearing before that committee anyways. But I will check. I will just ask the guys to call up and find out because I do seem to remember something about him not uh, wanting to uh, uh, appear before that committee. In in fact, the top echelon from SABC together with the uh, the former chairperson, Professor Maguve, walked out. But Maguve was given an opportunity to come back. I think they committed that mistake all as a collective. But if they change now to say we are calling Maguve with his entourage, he, he, Saudi, should have been called back again. But then I, I do, I do, I do accept to what you are saying. But I maintain he should have been given an opportunity. Okay. Thank you so much. And uh, that was Solomon in Umtlabuya Lingana. Let's find out from Anonymous in Limpopo what they'd like to talk about. Morning, Anonymous. Hi, Sakina. Um, I just want to talk a, a bit about the, the, my experience as a, as a person who is in, uh, in business. I'm a small business person. In 2014, I, 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 I applied for a financial assistance in form of uh, you know, equipment from a certain uh, government uh, scheme. That is for a business that I started in 2011. Then I was so excited about it. I thought, you know, this business is working. I, I was already employing, I think, around four people at the time. Um, then 2015, they replied to me to say, you know, your business model is not viable. I, I thought it was just a mere answer. Actually, uh, the guy who works at uh, one of these uh, government institutions, you know, saw that reply and he said, no, he doesn't understand what they're saying. And... We agreed that he will relaunch that application, but I reluctantly gave him the uh, the documentations to, to, to relaunch the application. But what I found out was that uh, in the panel, uh, this time around, there was a new person uh, who understood what I was doing, uh, what, the type of machines that I wanted, which some of them are, you know, 30 years old or something. But those are, you know, that is the technology that works today. And a lot of people are, you know, using it. And their business are, you know, thriving. Even white people, for that matter. So, again, in 2016, beginning, I launched another application for another business. Um, I thought, you know, things would be okay uh, because, you know, there was potential, according to me and other people. I didn't want to go to the bank. Uh, I thought, you know, government might, might assist me. So, what I, what I realized is that um, the people who are sitting in that panel, in those panels. I think those are people who don't understand anything about what uh, particularly small business is about. Mm. And I think they confuse the success of uh, an entrepreneur and success of uh, a tenderpreneur. I don't know if you've ever before, you know, invited one of those institutions like your your NEF and your your CIFA or, you know, any other related institution to just hear from them. Because there are allegations, people are, are alleging that these people, they only fund or assist people that, you know, are connected to them. And there's also allegations to say that if I come up with a unique idea to them, they'll give me a runaround and then they'll give that idea to, 
another of their relative or friend, mm. and then they find it uh, behind the, 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 the doors. You know, so, uh, Anonymous, I, I take your point, and, and, and we'll see if we can arrange something in that regard, because I think what you are saying will find resonance with many of our listeners this morning. Uh, but uh, unfortunately, I had to cut you off there because we need to go to news with Norm Samduli. When we come back, we'll continue taking your calls. It's your favorite time of the morning. The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo. Favorite time of the morning on AM Live. And it's an open line this morning and uh, the big stories, of course, the inaugurations of Adama Barrow, uh, the new president of the Gambia. And uh, Donald Trump is set to be uh, elected, uh, not elected, rather inaugurated later on today. And uh, that's what's trending in uh, the world. And also, of course, uh, we're talking about stuff that interests you here at home and what you have to say about all of that. Uh, 34701, Twitter, Facebook, AM Live on SAFM. Let me read some of the messages. Uh, Chris Maxson says, my view is that Trump may leave the status quo because he doesn't take Africa seriously. Uh, light Africa investments may remain. LT says, I would vote for Donald Trump over Cyril Ramaphosa any given day. At least I know what to expect from Trump than Cyril. Tiro Makudu says, the only way Trump uh, and moral compass can be put into one sentence is if we had an eighth day of the week. And Wandi Lemtana says, President-elect Donald Trump hasn't taken office yet, but is already reshaping the global growth outlook. And uh, Yusuf Joe Ismail says, uh, President Trump's first dance will be to Sinatra's My Way, while many Americans will be singing Fly Me to the Moon. Uh, Matilale says, Trump is a clear uh, is a clear man with no secrets. Uh, he's fake news media. Uh, they are trying to bring him down and they have failed. And Kangela Baloy says, Donald Trump is a product of a democratic process and Americans and the world must respect that. And Max Naidu says, accept it, not respect it. And then, of course, uh, about ESCOM and uh, what's happening with uh, the cutting off of people's electricity. Uh, there was a question here uh, that says uh, uh, ESCOM, uh, when they, it's from Abbas Lawli, who says, um, since ESCOM has embarked on cutting power supply from defaulting municipalities, what about Soweto? Is Soweto special? And thanks to my, uh, to Kulupasiwe for a response there from ESCOM says, ESCOM has individual contracts in Soweto, meaning only the individual defaulting customer gets cut off. So what we have in Soweto is similar to a satellite TV contract. Only the non-paying household will be affected, not everyone as it is in some of the towns and municipalities um, whom I think we had explained this earlier uh, uh, not today but you know earlier in the week or maybe even last week that the municipalities actually buy the uh, power from ESCOM and then sell it on um, at a markup to the consumer in those municipalities it's another way of revenue generation for them. Let's hear from Anonymous in Durban. Good morning. Hi, my name is Akin and your listeners. Welcome. If I, can, I just want to question the last caller that you had, and you know, just give it a bit of hope. I'm one individual. In fact, this year I've turned, I'm turning 36, and I have been going through banks and all the institutions for finance. And it, it, it is very unfortunate that when you do not have anything, they will not finance. Even if you have a good contract in your hand, they don't, because it's all about collateral who you are, do you have experience in the market? And I actually went to Italabank, and I always hail this thing. I went to Italabank, and I was very fortunate to get people, one, 
people would say, okay, Kurumangan, what are you talking about? Mm. Take me through your business. Let me understand your business before I even, you know, decide. Let me go and view what you're talking about. And this is a time when I was a partner to a white, to a white established company that made sure which I do not survive. But I gave them the BEE uh, benefit so that we could secure contract. But whenever doors had to open for me, doors will be shut by them first. But what has happened is the following. And I've gone from an income, monthly income, of say 10,000 rand to like 5 million rand a month. But now what has happened is banks do not want to finance me or give you even products that complement your business. And that's what they say. You are over-geared. Your gearing ratios are, are, are not in check. Mm. And, and they go to extremes just to make sure that they do not come to your aid. And in my case, in fact, this year, it's been two years since I've been funded by Itala. My loan went from 27 million to now 20 million rand. I've actually written to the executive of Standard Bank to say, Gaginina, at what point do you finance a black institution? And they are quick to say, we will take over your, your we will help you on one condition. That is, if we clear out your debt to the Tala and then you come onto our books. And they do that for scoring to say, in our portfolio, we've got 10 uh, black businesses that we've empowered. But they do not empower you because once they take you on board, they, they, they then say, we've just taken over your debt. We cannot fund you anymore. We cannot complement your business. And it restricts your growth. But, in fact, I can proudly say, I have got the ability to go to Italy and knock and say, but for it, my business is in distress. How can you come in? And they are the first people to say, let's drive to fight. Let's have a look. What's the condition of your equipment? How are you managing your stuff? So mm. what I'm saying to the brother is, the, the NSFAS, sorry, not NSFAS, but the NEF and Italia, what my experience is, you need to know your business first before they can know it. Number two, they do not want to fund, in most cases, all the equipment, because if it goes wrong, they need to find equity in your assets if you collapse. So if they find an equipment that is 20 years old and they sell it today, they won't get much for it in any case, because everything depreciates. But I've got to learn this and understand this, by having to understand my business first before they can understand it. Thank you so much, Sakina, and Korean, and continue with the excellent work that you are doing. Man. Thank you so much, Anonymous, and, and, and I hope uh, that the previous Anonymous caller is listening and that uh, he would take heart from what you've just uh, shared with us there. Uh, let's go from one Anonymous to another in Johannesburg. Good morning. Morning, morning, Sakina. Uh, Sakina, you know, I just want, these are just questions that I'm posing. Mm-hmm. The question of infrastructure, when, 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 when the ANC government took over, they knew that the, the, the Nationalist Party apartheid government did not cater for, for black people, especially in terms of proper schools, universities, clinics, whatever. But what surprises me is that, you know why we have stampede and people, children living in backyards where they pay 2500 It's because we never said, for the first 25 years, let us cater for black South African people. We just opened up the floodgates. And we forgot that our children have always been backwards. So in a way, they are suffering another apartheid because 
they can't get in, they live in backyards where they pay 2500 Unfortunately, their foreign count counterparts have got better results. So for me, it's like there was never any planning to say there was no infrastructure planning in terms of schools, universities, clinics. So let's cater for our people in terms of education and clinics. Before we say, hello, come, there's a big United States of South Africa. That is why we see all these stampedes. That is why you see all these children who are just disillusioned because they're not competing at the same level as a child from Zimbabwe, Zambia, Congo, and whatever. That's the first point. My second point is Nyawope. 90% of children who are on Nyawope are black South African children. Now I ask myself, why is it that children from Kenya, from Zimbabwe, from all other African countries are not on Nyawope? Effectively, 40 years from now, the present government is going to find itself with less people to to vote because they will be in rehab. But, you know, the, what I'm saying is there was no plan. It was like, come, now we've got Nyaupe everywhere. Everywhere where you try and park, there's a Nyaupe child. And I just drive off. I don't want them breaking into my car. But that is the problem. There was no proper planning to say, 20, 25 years, let's deal with our problems first. Mm. But but uh, by the same token, you have a constitution that is in force. You have um, other external factors such as globalization, um, because we are playing in a global uh, economy, a global village. How then do you juxtapose those two? Okay, Sakina, only 35% black South African children, if I push it to 40, will, 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 will get into that globalization economy. The other 60, unfortunately, are going to do jobs where they are guarding buildings, where they are cleaning super malls. So a major 60% want to be in that globalized vision, I mean village. And is that what we want for our children to be cleaners, to be sitting in some building, making you sign in, sign out? Okay, we're going to leave it there. Okay. Anonymous, thank you so much. And as I'm listening to Anonymous, I'm recognizing that voice. And Khotso says, why is Rifilwe Anonymous today after all these years? And I had to laugh because I also thought that sounds very much like Mickey Fieldway from Santa. But hey, she wants to be anonymous today. I'm not sure if she succeeded. It is uh, 15 minutes before nine. Open line talking about whatever's on your mind this morning. 0891-104-208. Peter Wiley in Grahamstown. Good morning. Sakina, and I am definitely not anonymous and never will be. Because what I basically want to talk about is accountability and that goes along with finding solutions. Now, uh, I want to appeal to you again and ask for support from the listeners because surely it's a democratic right of the listeners. If the majority want to say yes to what I'm saying now, they can, uh, they can then enforce it by a vote or whatever. But I'd like to see this radio station, and you in particular, extending this after eight, this, uh, this forum at eight, uh, from 7.30 until 9, because there are too many interruptions and you are far too good at your job. And uh, the, the basic thing is to hold people to account. 
and I admire you in what you've achieved in life. You don't whinge and carry on about what the Zimbabweans have got and what you don't have. I don't know exactly how you did it, but you've elevated yourself to a position which is admirable, and I admire you tremendously, and I want to appeal to the listeners to actually support me in using this radio, the power of your station, to find solutions in this country by going back to subjects, that, to topics that you, that you don't find a solution to and hold people to account and actually do find solutions. I can give my phone number or email address or whatever, and we can form a, a forum of listeners who actually really have power and use this radio station, and you in particular, because I really admire your integrity. Thank you so much, Peter Wiley. Well, there's an idea. I'd love to hear what everybody else thinks about it. We'll put you back to the producers and, um, you know, they'll take your details and we'll hear what everybody else thinks about that. Thanks for the call. Mpumelelo is in Port Elizabeth. Good morning. Hello, Sakina. Uh, this is Mpumelelo. Uh, Sakina, I'd like to talk about this succession error of the ANC. Yes. Now, uh, suddenly now... Mr. Jacob Zuma has got a succession plan that is known only to himself. Cyril uh, Lomaposa suddenly is not in a position to succeed him. Only his wife is, is good at that. I don't know why. Maybe this, this guy is taking this country and his organization to the doldrums. I don't know what he's up to. And I think people must make up their minds and decide whether they want to join the aid to, to, to vote for the ANC in 2019, because really this guy is taking this country to the dogs. Okay. Uh, thanks, Pumilano. Oh, you want, still have I another also point. Want to, yeah, I also want to bring another point that was raised by your the other, the, the last two callers mm-hmm. about about Mutuen. Mm-hmm. Saudi Mutuenenk was invited by the AC Board of Inquiry, and they ran away. They were in that, in, in that inquiry, and they decided to go, to, 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 to match off that inquiry. I don't know where, where this guy is coming from when he says he's a target of, of, of interrogation by the, the Board of Inquiry. There's no, there's no such. This guy is obsessed with this... With, with this uh, uh, what, is the, what do they call it? This ANC guy? Which ANC guy? Uh, yeah, they also they, they, they obsessed with, with, with calling people names. Oh. Competent. Mm-hmm. That's all. Okay. No, thanks for the call, Mpumelelo in Port Elizabeth. And it's an open line this morning. You are free to agree, disagree, raise something new if you wish. Uh, we are here and we are listening. Huzo uh, in Durban, good morning. Hello, Sakina, how are you? Well, and you? Good. Uh, Sakina, I just want to set uh, some few records straight. Uh, last week, you had uh, a lineup of uh, MECs of education, including the one in Limpopo, Mr. Khajabe. And uh, one of the things he said is that uh, there's a shortage of medicine science teachers in the province. And uh, I remember in the 90s, uh, around about 95, 96, there was a college around Sushiro they called uh, Mastech. That Mm. college uh, was established 
exactly to address the issue of the shortage of math and science teachers. I remember the MEC then was still uh, Dr. Aaron Mutsualeti. Now, during the major, then there came the major, and during the major, some of the teachers had already qualified, and uh, they were not absorbed by the education system in the province. And uh, some of them went to do their final years at the University of Limpopo, and they also qualified. And they were not uh, absorbed by the system. And uh, I know personally uh, most of them who are absorbed by provinces like, uh, especially one of the biggest uh, beneficiaries, the Gauteng province and the, the free state and the northwest and so on. And uh, I was so surprised to hear the, uh, the MEC rather come in there that day to come and say there is a shortage of teachers, even if, I mean, uh, as if they did not know then that if they don't absorb the teachers, then further down the line, they would be having this situation. I mean, this was nearly a, an own goal. So cannot blame it on anybody or anything, but the department itself for the lack of vision, uh, that's one point. And uh, the second one is, you know, Limpopo, as we speak, have, uh, I mean, with the recent uh, uh, results, metric results, is one of the worst performers. Mm. And um, last week on uh, your uh, um, on the afternoon show with uh, Naledi Muleo, uh, Satu, one of the South representatives and one of the department representatives uh, were, 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 were being interviewed. And uh, one of the issues, one of the core issues they, that uh, leads to this, you know, demoralized and, you know, mm. demoralized uh, teachers and lack of uh, results is actually the payment of teachers. Teachers worked, some of the teachers, as, as I heard, were not paid for four months, more than four months. Yeah, I think um, the, the problem is that uh, it's, it's, it's multifaceted and it runs rather deep. I mean, I'm not going to give the parents a free pass on this one. For example, my daughter is in grade 11 and it's only the second week of school. Last week already, she was complaining about the geography teacher who is not explaining um, concepts to them. Last night, I had to go and read up on Coriolis forces and explain it to her. So what, are, what am I going to do as a parent? Uh, I need to find out if other children are having the same problem or is it just my daughter who has a problem? And then I need to make, uh, 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 make up my mind as to what to do. Go to the school and complain about the situations that exist and make sure that you have you know, a favorable outcome from there. We as parents, we also need to do our bit, but that does not mean it does not absolve the department and other officials from uh, what you have just outlined. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll take a few more calls. The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo on AM Live, turning the spotlight on the big issues and the people behind them.
thoroughly enjoying your views, your comments this morning. And uh, if you missed that interview with uh, Acting National Police Commissioner uh, Homozo Patane, you can get a podcast. Uh, it's available on safm.co.za. And you can, of course, also go to Twitter and Facebook, AM Live on SAFM, and uh, we'll tweet those links as well. Let's hear from Eddie in Woodendals. Good morning. Hi, Miss Aguida, how are you? Well, and you, Eddie? No, I'm fine. I'm saying there's a caller, uh, Miss Aguida, you need to be honest with us if you are available for presidency. Ah, <laughs> no, 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 no. I, no. I, I, I hear the caller saying we must lobby. It's like, it's like the guy who's... Who's masterminding your 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 lobbying, your lobbying crew? No, Eddie, me. I know my. I know who I am, and I stick to my lane. And besides, I love my sleep way too much. Yo, I can't sleep with one eye closed. No, no, no I agree. I agree with with the, with, I agree with the, with the, with the, with the, uh, the guy who called. And uh, if if you have interest, really, I'll I'll be the one also supporting. I'll be in the lobbying group. Um, oh, thanks, Eddie. <laughs> So, you know, Mary Fulley, uh, she's I, I know her very well. Uh, next time, she mustn't be afraid to just say I'm Mary Fulley. Ah, but it's we unfair of us. We don't know we if must, it's her. Must, she's, it, we, it's anonymous. No, it's, no it's, it's, her, it's her. I'm going to call her now. It's her. I'm going to call her now and, 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 and tell her that don't, Mary Fulley, don't hide yourself. Just say things as they are. This is our country. Um, yeah, let, let me get to my point. I'm sure she's she's, she's she's going to call me now. She's going to give me a hiding, but I'm I'm expecting it. Um, yeah, uh, you know what? Um, the guys who protected uh, Saudi on radio, the time that we finally free, will have to take their names and take them to Hague. Um, the other point is, I've recorded for, for a long time that, uh, you know, the Machabi municipality, Machabi municipality is in the Free State, in the Lijuluputo uh, district. Um, I would like the, the SA, SAFM really to, to interact us with the, with, the, with, the, with the municipality, because the municipality is not that accessible. It's accessible to the few. And we ask ourselves what what is happening. You can you will write a letter to them to the, to the municipality. You will not you will not even get you know acknowledgement letter coming from them. Mm. The way they are, they are the way they are behaving and they are undermining people. And really, I would like uh, S- uh, SAFM guys that just take that with, with 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 them. The last one, public accounts, Mr. Gordy. I should say Mr. Gordy must resign. Ah, why not? Because he presided, no, every report, every report that deals with public funds, it goes to the public accounts committee. And Mr. Gordy was supposed to, to um, you know, to say, this is my stop. This, I mean, this must stop. But Mr. Gordy, he's, he has failed in that regard. I should think he must, he must resign. I, sh- I- I think this one is going to need more time, Eddie, because uh, why exactly, how does it work, and what is the scope? All of those things need to be uh, investigated and spoken about. But thanks so much, all the same. Uh, Makosonke in Nelspreet, good morning. Uh, good morning, Fakina. Good morning to the listeners. Welcome. Fakina, um, I want to talk about the issue that is very sensitive. In Pumalanga, we had a bit of a dark cloud in the small town called Lewis Creek, where one of the vantage gold mines called the Lily Mine had a disaster last year, 5 February, uh, where three miners end up being trapped underground.
That is Yvonne, Pretty, and Solomon. Yes. Sakina, I want to request you to say, up to now, those three bodies are still trapped underground. There is no effort from the management to try and uh, 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 get those bodies out of underground. Now, that mine, now it's under business rescue. It's been under business rescue for almost six months to eight months. Employees who are working on the subsidiary mine called Babrock, by December they were told that now the mine is under business rescue too. Employees were not paid since April last year up to today, employees are not paid. The past December, employees went on December holiday, Christmas holiday, without food, without anything. Mm. Yes, we know the provincial government of Mpumalanga has actually gave some food parcel in December, but that's not enough. Sakina, we are actually pleading with any government office, from the DMR, from the government itself, from the province of Mpumalanga uh, uh, leadership, that can we take the matter of those three bodies into serious consideration? I'll tell you what we'll do, Marco Sonke. We are actually going to take this further next week uh, because the 5th of February will mark the anniversary of that accident. So we will definitely pick up on it because we tried to get an update on this story earlier this week because it's one that we've been trying to keep tabs on and we were told one of the people who used to speak to us has resigned so we were having difficulty locating someone but tell you what we will definitely pick up on that because we share that exasperation uh, that you have on this particular matter to everybody who's called tweeted uh, facebooked and uh, sent sms's thank you so much and i hope you all have a fantastic weekend to the production team as well it is just after and Nomsan Luli standing by with the latest news.